Welcome to Qualia, bonus, where we further explore elements of our immersive episodes. I'm Bishop Sand. Today, we'll be diving into ideas from our first immersive episode, Risk. If you haven't heard that episode yet, make sure you listen to that first. Over the next few weeks, you'll hear more bonus episodes with ideas and stories of Risk, and then we'll shift course and release another fully immersive episode a totally different topic, with its own constellation of bonus episodes. So, onto this show. It's called Balancing Denial. Cindy Ganyon is an outdoor adventurer, but right now, she's entombed in snow. There's been an avalanche. She's a tiny pocket of air that will last a few minutes. The snow is tightly packed around her body, like hardened cement. She's locked into place. She can't move. She can't move. She can't move. Cindy is about to die. The first person that came over was the guide. He got my face out right away, and um, then he had a couple other people grab shovels, and they just started trying to dig me out, which took quite a while, probably ooh, a half hour to 45 minutes. to Yeah, because it's cement. Um, you know, the guide himself was just like, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, I think so, because at this point, you know, the adrenaline is such that I'm breathing, I don't feel any pain, Um, I'm not cold, Um, I'm just like, sort of like, they're here, I'm going to be fine, and I really was sort of just probably in a bit of shock. And I was trying to tell yourself, Cindy, just stay relaxed, deep breaths, don't start to panic, because... I'm also thinking, I'm already thinking, we're in the middle of nowhere. I have to be able to ski after this. Because we're in the middle of a ski slope, right? I'm not down yet, I'm only halfway. Um, So. Cindy and her friends are backcountry skiing in Canada. They dig her out of the snow, where she was trapped. Somehow, she's uninjured. She even manages to find both of her skis. Because they have to, Cindy and her friends start skiing again. We skied on the edge of the shallow trees. Um. At this point, Cindy's pretty shaken up. And that makes sense. I mean, she's just been buried alive. But what she witnesses next will take her years to come to terms with. And even though it feels incomprehensible to her at the time, it's actually completely normal. The biggest eye-opening thing for me was how much fun a couple people had skiing down that. And that was, you know, like they were hooting and hollering because the snow was really good. I had just been buried. 
and how can they be having that kind of fun like like it just it, I remember that just so sharply like how can they be having fun with what just happened because they weren't buried and I just remember that being so strikingly hard on me because these are my friends um these reactions were just so not what I expected. It's kind of crazy, right? Cindy just came so close to being killed. Her friends watched it all happen. They could have easily been caught in the avalanche as well. If it would have happened 20 seconds earlier, 30 you know, or a couple minutes earlier, we were all on that open slope would have been right in the path of it. It's just blind luck that they're not dead right now. All of them. And yet, here are all of her friends acting like nothing happened. Think of yourself here. Can you imagine your friends ignoring something that nearly killed you and them? I think I was like, I'm known to be this strong woman. I'm just going to pretend and put the face that I am okay. Period. Cindy got herself off the mountain that day. But of course, she wasn't okay. Not really. So I came home, and I never really get sick for the winter. I was literally sick in bed for a week. Even worse than the physical stress was the emotional load that she carried. She continued to grapple with nearly dying, and her friends being so cavalier. How could they seem so flippant about it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There are numerous studies on this. This is neuroscientist Kim Farrelly. She studies brain activity during risky decisions, and she says that Cindy's friends probably really cared about her well-being. It's just that they didn't accept that they were in danger. They'll be like, yeah, but, you know, I will be fine. Like when you hear a study that says eating high-fat foods causes heart disease, and then you bite into a hamburger. You think, yeah, I'll be fine. My grandmother ate bacon until she was 95. Nothing for me to worry about. Same goes with entrepreneurship. Like, my business will succeed. I have this great idea. I'm going to start this business, and it will thrive. But we know, we have the numbers. We know that only a few really good concepts will survive for multiple years. And those are facts. We're all vulnerable to this overconfidence. All of us, not just extreme outdoors people who train up a specific skill set. You and I take dozens of risks every day, thinking that bad things just don't apply to us. Even when we're confronted with bad outcomes, a traffic accident on the way to work, a hiker who never comes home, we see these things happen. And of course, we know that they could happen to us too. But somehow, we just don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. 
people are like, yeah, it will not happen to me. Fairley says that when we're overconfident and you give us a fact that goes against our expectation, it has no impact on us. It simply doesn't register. simply doesn't. And I want to be careful here. I don't want to give the impression that we're all overconfident in every aspect of our lives at all times. We're not. It varies even within a single person. A swaggering professional athlete on the field can be afraid of flying on an airplane. But I can say that this overconfidence effect is pronounced when we do things that we're good at things we do all the time. There, we have this tendency to think of ourselves as invincible, in spite of the facts. And this is what was likely going on with Cindy's friends that day, when she got caught in the avalanche. They watched her get buried, right in front of them. And it still didn't seek in that they could happen to them too. Which is why they seem so unconcerned by this whole thing. Overconfidence is like walking around with blinders on. So the way I think about it is, I think overconfidence is pretty um, adaptive um, a lot of the time. This is cognitive scientist Philip Frembach. He studies decision-making at the University of Colorado Boulder. And he says that this tendency to discount risks actually makes a lot of sense. In order to do anything really great, we have to go in with our blinders on because we wouldn't start any project if we thought about all of the uncertainty and complexity that might be involved. In other words, a certain level of overconfidence is good. It allows you to try new things, to step out of your comfort zone, to push boundaries. Feeling like you're invincible makes it possible for individuals and society as a whole to get ahead. Like most things, risky decision-making is a balance, with overconfidence on one end and a crippling fear on the other. Too much fear that you hide in your house all day, unable to go out into the world and try new things. Too much confidence, and you could get lucky, but you could also hurt yourself and the people around you along the way. I had always believed that I was making good decisions because I had never been caught. Just because nothing happens does not mean that you're making good decisions. It just means you were lucky. After being caught in an avalanche and seeing her friends totally deny the danger that they all faced, Cindy approaches skiing and life differently. Instead of being lucky now, I want to say that I'm more aware. Yes, there's still a ton of luck involved with all of this, but I definitely became way more aware of my surroundings, not just on the snow, but in general, everywhere. It might be worth a few seconds to consider whether you're falling prey to this overconfidence. 
Are you thinking that the risk and the facts don't apply to you? This episode was produced with the help of Willow Belden and the award-winning podcast Out There. Out There captures the understanding, the strength, the inspiration, and the healing that humans draw from spending time outside to help you navigate life's big questions and ease anxieties of adulting today. This really is a show for anyone, but it's especially good for those who seek the outdoors. I highly recommend it, and Willow's super cool. In this piece you heard from Cindy Gannion, who is currently a guide at Colorado Wilderness Rides and Guides. Special thanks to her for sharing her story. She also helped in making our first episode, our immersive one, where you can feel the push and pull of a risky decision firsthand. You also heard from Philip Fernback, who's a cognitive scientist at the University of Colorado Boulder. He's written a fantastic book called The Knowledge Illusion, Why We Never Think Alone. And you should definitely read it. And finally, you heard from Kim Fairley, a neuroscientist at the University of Colorado Boulder. Qualia is a product of Jordan Werfsbrock, Dan Boyce, Josh Fertucci, and me, Bishop Sand. Be sure to check out extra literature and contact us with your feedback at qualiapod.com. And earn cool points with your hip, audio-loving friends by recommending Qualia to them. Thanks for listening.